So today we're continuing in Acts of Yeshua's Emissaries, the Shalakim, the called out ones, chapter 19. That's Acts chapter 19. This is part four as we continue to go on this journey together. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So we're starting in Acts chapter 19, and we're going to go down and start today in verse number 12. Acts 19, verse 12. I'm just going to back up a little bit here to verse 11. God did extraordinary miracles through Shaul. Who is Shaul but the Apostle Paul? For instance, handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were brought to the sick people. They would recover from their ailments, and the evil spirits would leave them. It's very significant that the Spirit of the living God is now laying a foundation stone here. And the foundation stone is not the aprons or the handkerchiefs, but the power of God being manifested through an individual, even when that individual doesn't even know what's going on. Apron, that's not part of a person. That's not part of their identity or a handkerchief. But God's power through the Ruach HaKodesh was being manifest as such that these individuals were taking these handkerchiefs and aprons and the power of God was being manifested. That's the main thing that we should take from these verses here. Notice this, that though that you and I just go through our normal day-to-day -day lives, since the Spirit of the living God is dwelling, dwelling within us, uh, that this allows us for God's Spirit to come forward and to manifest God's power and provision and grace through us even beyond our comprehension. Because you, at times, probably in your life, you've experienced where you're going through a difficult time or a very, very uncomfortable time, and then the Lord would send someone, and sometimes these people would not even interact with you. They would simply walk by, and you would sense the presence of God being revealed through this individual. So now going forward, we're going on to now to verse 13. And we're not focusing on demons here. You see, the Spirit of the living God says, now I want you to focus that demons exist, but you're not to walk in fear. You have authority even over these falling angels. You know, I have to tell you this. These falling angels have more power than a human being. And so these falling angels are under authority. And in their realm, their realm, Hasatan, the devil, has the authority over them. But beyond that, Abba, Father God, has authority over every fallen evil spirit and so does Yeshua and so what the spirit of living God wants to cement in our hearts here and lay this foundation 
so that we will realize this, that he who dwells within us, not in our own personal authority, but in the authority of the Father, through the Son, Yeshua, by the manifestation of the Ruach HaKodesh, no fallen angel, no demon, can stand before the authority that we have in Messiah. Now, we're not to rejoice over in that and say, oh, come and look at me and boast in that because they fear the Father. They don't fear us personally because they see us in our flawed ways. They observe us day in and day out. They see the chinks in our armor. Okay, that's why God's word is, says this, put on the full armor of God. And then you'll be able to resist any type of spiritual warfare. See, many times we as believers think we forget about who our true enemies are. They're not fellow human beings. They are these fallen angels who want to trip us up and cause us not to fulfill God's high calling. And for us to not walk in God's provision. See, God has not just simply set us free from sin in our lives. As we face every temptation. Who's the person behind all that temptation? It's Hasatan. And this demonic horde that serve him. So the spirit of living God wants this to be a firm foundation stone. In our lives. So that we will know this that we have a calling to proclaim the good news. But when God allows, when the Father allows for us to have a demonic spirit come across our path, we're not to run away in fear. But we are to what? We are to resist the devil, Hasatan. And what does the scripture say? That he will what? He will then... Flee from us. And where is that found? In the book of ya Yaakov, Jacob, chapter 4, verse 7. Notice that. If we resist, he has to flee. Why? Because then the Father looks in Hasatan's direction. And just think, one look from the Father keeps the prince of all demons in check and causes him to flee because he knows this, that Hasatan knows this, that one day he shall be cast in the lake of fire forevermore throughout all eternity. He knows that that is his future and he trembles. So let us go now to the scripture. Verse 13, some of the Jewish exorcists who traveled from place to place to make use of the name of the Lord Yeshua in connection with people who had evil spirits, they would say, I exercise you by the Yeshua that Shaul is proclaiming. So think about this. These are multiple exorcists. And we have to look at the scripture closely here. Did not Yeshua deal with demonic spirits for those three and a half years? He was delivering both 
the children of Abraham from demonic possession and also those surrounding Gentiles around the area, he would also deliver them from this demonic spirit, that stronghold in their life. And so we need to fully understand that we are also called to expel demons. I'll get into that a little bit later. Let's go forward in this Acts chapter 19, verse 14. One time, now the Spirit says, now I want to give evidence for you to examine. Now one time, seven sons of a Jewish Kohen Gadol named Sceva were doing this. Now he says, now all these other people are doing this. Jewish exorcists who are, who are using the name, they're using it. All right, fully understand that. Let's go forward here. One time, seven sons of a Jewish Kohen Gadol, high priest, named Sceva, were doing this. So now the focus is on these seven sons. So that we'll focus on, well, what happened when they used this name of Yeshua? Here now is the evidence. We're all like on a jury now. And you see, you should look at the scripture from that standpoint from time to time. What does God's evidence, the truth? We are to be discerning people. We're to discern the scripture. But many times we as believers, we simply read it. Or we'll say, well, I'll read a chapter a day. Or I'll, I'll memorize this verse. But we don't, we don't ask the spirit to reveal the deep interpretation that God has allowed to be in the word so that we'd be fully equipped to know who our adversary is and stand firm, to be able to resist Hasatan, the devil, so that he will have to flee. And notice that in that scripture there, it says that Hasatan flees. We don't flee. We simply stand, continue to do what? To resist Hasatan. Going forward here, verse number 15. And the evil spirit answered them. It said, Yeshua, I know. And Shaul, I recognize. But you, who are you? See, even in the spirit realm, when our names are inscribed in the book of life, the Lamb's book of life, even fallen angels know that we are now become born again. They recognize that the spirit of the living God dwells within us. Let's go forward here. The man with the evil spirit fell upon them, and he overpowered them, and gave them such a beating that they ran from the house naked and bleeding. So now the Spirit of the living God is revealing through Luke, this is what happened to people who presumed on using that name of authority, giving above every name, not only to be saved, but to cause these demonic fallen angels to be in check. Let's dig now here a little deeper. Jewish exorcists, used only here in the New Testament, Brita Hadashah. There's a, 
a Jewish historian. His name was Josephus. Now let's hear what Josephus had to say. Josephus speaks of King Solomon having learned that skill which expels demons and left him, left behind him the manner of using exorcisms by which they drive away demons so that they never return. Now here, this is a historical account. And where is it found? In Antiquities of the Jews, 8 to 5. You see, we can, we can proclaim God's good news. And God has allowed certain historians. And when they agree with the Bible, this is confirmation from outside the Bible as these things being true. Going forward here. That these demons would not return. This method of cure is of great force until this day. Indeed, this is Josephus writing these things. I have seen, now he goes on to testify, I have seen a certain man of my own country, a fellow Jew, whose name was Eleazar. All right. Releasing people who, we, who were demonically in the presence of Vespasian. And who was Vespasian? He was a Greek general who later became Caesar. Going forward here, his sons and his captains and the whole multitude of soldiers. So they all witnessed this. All right. Going forward here. The manner of the cure was this. Now he describes what the manner of cure was. He put a ring, a ring, okay, that had had a root, okay? Doesn't tell us, Josephus doesn't tell us what the root is, all right? Going forward. Of one of those sorts mentioned by Solomon, so Josephus doesn't give us all the final details here, but let us continue. By Solomon, to the nostrils of the demonic person, and after which he drew out the demon through his nostrils. And so where is that recorded? But in Antiquities of the Jews, 8.2.5. And so there was a provision made. Solomon, it doesn't give us a source where he gained this knowledge. But this is historical fact. And see, as we read the scripture, we also have to look at an arc, you know, the digging up of, of things. And I can't even say the word right now. But, but historical facts, pottery, all these other things, scrolls and other, all these other things. They do not take the place of this scripture, but these are historical facts. So going forward here, exorcism of Shedim, and that's spelled S-H-E-D-I-M, which is the Hebrew word of the English word demons, is a theme in the Talmud. In medieval Jewish literature, the term is called what? D-Y-B-B-U-K. There are descriptions of Jewish exorcisms dating from 
that first century and beyond. See, demons are real. Most common people today would think, oh, you're just completely mad. But what does scripture reveal? What are demons but fallen angels? So they do exist. And we're not to deny their existence. Because God the Father, through the Spirit of the living God, in the book of Luke here, chapter, excuse me, book of Acts, written by, by, by Luke, describes them as being such. Let's go forward here. Given that demons are regarded as real and not imaginary phenomena, now let us turn to Yeshua and how he dealt with demons. Turn with me now to Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. We are to, to apply God's word and we are to imitate Yeshua as he did through his authority. Yeshua showed us the way. He is a shepherd that leads us into all truth, and we're to walk and live by his example. So we're in Matthew chapter 4, and we're looking at verse number 1. The Spirit led Yeshua up into the wilderness. Now what is that Spirit? But the Ruach HaKodesh. To be what? To be tempted by the adversary. Think about that. God the Father desired that the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the living God, would bring Yeshua and guide him so he could go toe-to-toe, face-to-face with the adversary. And Yeshua quoted scripture. Hasatan tried to twist scripture. He said, you know, cause these stones to turn into bread. And Yeshua said, man shall what? Live not by bread alone, but by the words of God. And finally, as Yeshua resisted him, what did Hasatan have to do? He had to flee. So when Yaakov was inspired, his, his uh, brother, his younger brother, Jacob was inspired to write uh, Yaakov, Jacob chapter 4, verse 7. I believe that the Spirit of living God brought that proof to him in that his elder brother, when he faced temptation, that he stood his ground, he resisted the enemy, the adversary of his soul. He even promised him, he said, if you'll simply bow down and worship me, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the earth. And Yeshua used what? He didn't use his cunning. He proclaimed the word of God in truth. And Hasatan, as we, as we proclaim God's word in truth, the enemy has to flee us as we resist. And that's our own choice. See, God has given us a free will in this. We're to stand and know this, that our adversary eventually will have to flee from our presence, not because of who we are, but for who dwells within us. And as we proclaim God's word, let's now go forward here. In Matthew chapter 4, now let's look at verse 24. 
Yeshua, the word of him, the word of Yeshua spread throughout all Syria. And the people brought to him all who were ill, suffering from various diseases and pains. And those held in the power of demons, epileptics and paralytics, and he healed them. Think about that. Who is causing these ailments upon these people? Yeshua describes it was the demonic, the demonic realm. And so he was there to set them free. And who are we to do today? If God allows us to come across someone who's demonically possessed or being influenced by a demon, God has ordained for us to set them free by the power of God's word. Let us continue here. Now let us look at Matthew chapter 9, verses 32. Notice this. We're not focusing on demons today. We're focusing on Yeshua and the power and authority he had from the Father, just as you and I have today. So Matthew chapter 9, verse 32. As they were going, a man controlled by a demon, unable to speak, was brought to Yeshua. And after the demon was expelled, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowds were amazed. Nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. Notice that statement there. Going forward, they said, but the Purishim, the Pharisees, said, it is through the ruler of demons that he expels demons. So in other words, they were trying to discredit Yeshua here. So now, going forward. Now let us look at Matthew chapter 11, verse, verse 20. Matthew 11, verse 20. Then Yeshua began to denounce the towns in which he had done most of his miracles because the people had not turned from their sins to God. Woe to you, Chorizium. Woe to you, Bethsaida. Why, if the miracles done in you had been done in Zior and Zidon, they would have long ago have put on sackcloth and ashes as evidence that they had changed their ways. But I tell you, it will be more bearable for Zeor and Zidon than for you on that day of judgment. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? No, you will be brought down to Sheol. For if the miracles done in you have been done in Sodom, it would still be in existence today. But I tell you that on the day of judgment, it will be more bearable for the land of Sodom than for you. So Yeshua is calling them out as they're denying God's power and presence being manifested through him for the healing and deliverance of God's people. Let's go forward here. Now let us look at Mark chapter 5. Verse 11, Mark chapter 5, verse 11. These scriptures are true 
foundation stones for us to know and to walk in freedom, walk in the authority and power that God has ordained for us to walk therein. And this should not cause us to walk and be, become prideful because we are the Lord's servants. And what is the aim here? The aim is this, is that these individuals who are not walking in freedom, God desires for them to walk in freedom. For who the Son has set free, he truly is free indeed. Let's move forward here. Mark chapter 5 and verse 11. And this passage may be very, very familiar to you. But there's some things in here I think will jump out at you. Just as Tim shared, as he reads the scripture and really focuses on and takes his time, it's like the Lord opens up our eyes to see things in a greater way. Verse 11, now there was a large herd of pigs feeding near a hill, and the unclean spirits begged him, send us, excuse me, I got to back up here. Uh, this should be uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 1. Yeshua and his Talmudim arrived at the other side of the lake in Gennaris' territory. As soon as he disembarked, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the burial caves to meet him. He lived in the burial caves, and no one could keep him tied up, not even with a chain. He had often been chained hand and foot, but he would snap the chains and break the irons with, off his feet, and there was no one strong enough to control him. So in the natural, as you're reading this verse, there could be a speculation going on in your mind and heart saying this, I've never met a man. Can you? I ask you personally, males or females, listen to this podcast. If you were to put chains on yourself and bind yourself, could you just simply just throw them off yourselves? No. So this man has a power that's outwardly a supernatural power that he does not possess himself. Let's go forward here. Verse 5. Night and day he wandered among the graves and through the hills, hollowing and gashing himself with stones. Seeing Yeshua from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him and screamed at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Yeshua, son of God, Ha El Elyon, God Most High? I implore you. I beg you. In God's name. Notice that. He's not crying out for Hasatan's name. But he's crying out in God's name. Don't torture me. Because he knows this. This demonic being that dwells within this man knows what his future is going to be. See, there is not a salvation process for fallen angels. And think about that for one second. God has allowed human beings who are created in his image and likeness to have an opportunity of God's unmerited favor through grace and salvation. So let's move forward here. Verse 8, for Yeshua had already began saying to him, unclean spirit, come out of this man. 
Yeshua asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he answered. There are so many of us. And he kept begging Yeshua not to send him out of the region. Now there was a large herd of pigs near the hill. And the unclean spirits begged him, send us to the pigs so we can go into them. Yeshua gave them permission. Notice that. Who are they listening to as the authority in their lives? It's Yeshua. Going forward here. They came out and entered the pigs. And the herd numbering around what? 2,000. That's a lot of pigs. Rushed down the hillside into the lake and were drowned. The swine herds, herders fled and told it in the town and the surrounding country. And the people went to see what had happened. They came to Yeshua and saw the man who had had legions of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind. And they were frightened. Those who had seen it told what had happened to the man controlled by demons and to the pigs. And the people began begging Yeshua to leave their district. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demonized begged him to be allowed to go with him. But Yeshua would not permit it. Instead, he said to him, go to your, to your people, go home to your people and tell them how much Adonai in his mercy has done for you. And he went off and he began proclaiming in what? Ten towns. He didn't just stop at his own village or town, but he went on to proclaiming in ten towns how much Yeshua had done for him, and everyone was amazed. Notice this, that that man was terrified. He did not want those that demonic horde to come back. Because he witnessed that those pigs had drowned. Well, they need another place to live. And he, he was ready to forsake his whole life, his whole family, to be with Yeshua. But Yeshua was able to encourage him and let him know this, that what Yeshua, when he casts out a demon, they don't return. And so he was able to go forth and proclaim the good news so that others who were in pagan, they were lost, could see the light and the power of God. Undeniable. Just think about when he came home to see his parents and maybe his wife. The scripture doesn't even tell us whether or not he was even married or not prior. Or his children. All these people, undeniable, fact upon fact knew that there was a power of God being manifested through this one man who would later become their Messiah in preparation for the kingdom that in the next few years would be proclaimed to them so they could come to salvation through God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Going forward, it may be surprising that in some times possible to use Magical means that is demonic. See, there are certain religions out there that are able to, to expel demons through using magic arts. We know this of Solomon. He married with other women 
And they practiced paganism that later changed his own heart. So going forward here, this is just historical items here. Apparently, there is some degree of order even in the demonic hierarchy so that some demonic powers can expel other demonic powers. Nevertheless, ultimately, Yeshua said these words, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Where is that recorded? But in Matthew chapter 12, verse 22 through 20, 29. And there are demons that do not respond to the means used by exorcists, but only through prayer. And so let us now turn to Mark chapter 9, verse 14. Mark chapter 9, 14. When they got back to the Talmudim, they saw a large crowd around them, and some of the Torah teachers were arguing with them. As soon as the crowd saw him, they were surprised and ran out to greet him. He asked them, what's the discussion about? One of the crowd gave him the answer, Rabbi, I brought you my son because... He has an evil spirit in him that makes him unable to talk. Whenever, whenever it seizes him, it throws him to the ground, and he foams at the mouth, and he grinds his teeth, and he becomes stiff all over. I asked your Talmudim to drive the spirit out, but they couldn't do it. People without trust, he responded. How long will I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring him to me. They brought the boy to him. And as soon as the spirit saw him, it threw the boy into a convulsion. Yeshua asked the boy's father, how long has this been happening to him? Ever since childhood, he said. And it often tries to kill him by throwing him into the fire or into the water. But if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. Yeshua said to him, what do you mean if, I, if you can? Everything is possible to someone who has trust. Instantaneously, the father and the child explained, I do trust. Help my lack of trust. When Yeshua saw the dumb spirit, saw that the crowd was closing in on them, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and never go back into him again. Shrieking and throwing the boy into a violent fit, it came out and the boy lay there like a corpse, so that most of the people said that he was dead. But Yeshua took him by the hand and raised him to his feet and he stood up. And after Yeshua had gone indoors, his Talmudim asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? He said to them, this kind of spirit that can be driven out only by prayer. And so this, this gives us the example here, that there are various demonic spirits that Yeshua dealt with. 
and so shall we sometime in the future going forward here. These exorcists, alluding now back to Acts chapter 19, these exorcists tried to make use of the name of the Lord Yeshua, as if the name itself had its own magical powers. They were attempting to use the Messiah as means to their own ends, but Yeshua him, himself is always the end, never the means to other ends. They said these words, I exercise you demons by Yeshua that Shaul is proclaiming. Obviously, these exorcists, through knowing nothing about Yeshua, had noticed that those who spoke of their faith in had power. Like Shimon, Simon, remember Acts chapter 8, 19? Let's now turn to Acts chapter 8, 19. Let's back up to verse 14 of Acts 8. When the emissaries in Jerusalem heard that, that Sharon had received the word of God, they sent Kepha, Peter, and Yohanan, John, who came down and prayed for them, and that they might receive the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. For until then, it had not come upon any of them. They had only been immersed into the name of the Lord Yeshua. Then as Kepha and Yohanan placed their hands on them, they received the Ruach HaKodesh. Continuing, Shimon saw that the Spirit was given when the emissaries placed their hands on them, and he offered them money. Give this power to me, he said, so that whoever I place my hands on will receive the Ruach HaKodesh. But Kepha said to him, your silver go to ruin, and you with it. For thinking that the free gift of God can be bought, you have no part at all in this matter, because in the eyes of God, your heart is crooked. So repent of this wickedness of yours and pray to the Lord. Perhaps you will be yet be forgiven for holding such a thought in your heart. For I see that you are extremely bitter and have completely and are completely under the control of sin. Shimon answered, pray to the Lord for me, so that none of the things you have spoken about me will come to, to pass or happen. You see, he was trying to steal this gift of the Ruach HaKodesh. So going forward here, so just as these seven sons of Sceva simply presume, well, we'll just go ahead and proclaim this name of Yeshua, because we recognize that those who have put their trust and faith in that Yeshua is the Messiah, they have the authority and power to expel these demons. So let us go forward here. These Jewish exorcists were what? They were power hungry. They wanted to draw an audience to them. But they did not understand that the power comes from the Ruach HaKodesh. And where is that revealed? In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that they were to wait to what? Till the Spirit of the living God came upon them. And then they were to go forth and proclaim the kingdom. So I say this to you, my brothers and sisters in Messiah, including those who are listening on the podcast. We're not simply just to proclaim God's good news, but we're to be walking underneath the anointing and the filling of the Ruach HaKodesh. 
Let's go forward here. Who is given only to those who put their trust in Yeshua as the Messiah? Who are you putting your trust in today? Let's go forward. When these people tried to use this for expelling demons, it was only those who had God's anointing. With the spirit of living God allowed them to expel these demons. And notice this, this demonic spirit recognized that the spirit of living God dwelled in Yeshua and dwelled in Shaul. So going forward here. Now let us look back to Acts chapter 19, verse 16. Acts chapter 19, verse 16. Actually, verse 17. When all this became known to the residents of Ephesus, fear fell upon all of them, Jews and Greeks alike. And the name of the Lord Yeshua came to be held in high regard. Have you ever read Mark chapter 16? This is what Yeshua said to his Talmudim, his disciples, prior to him ascending to the Father. As I shared with you earlier, I mentioned to you that God has divinely called us to proclaim the good news, but also for us to be empowered with the Spirit. And in Mark chapter 16, it gives us and reveals to us our calling. Mark chapter 16, verse 9, directly from the scripture. When Yeshua rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Miriam of Magdala, from whom he expelled seven demons. Think about this. This is a daughter of Abraham who had dwelling within her seven demons. And by God's grace and mercy, Yeshua crossed paths with her. And he delivered her from demons. And think about this. She was the one there first to see that he had rose from the dead. Going on here. She went and told those who had been with him as they were crying and mourning. Who are them? Those are the 11. Those Talmudim. But when they had heard that he was alive and that she had seen him, they wouldn't believe it. They wouldn't believe her. Going on in verse 12. And after Yeshua appeared in another form to two of them as they were walking in the country, they went and told others, but they didn't believe them either. Notice this. These are the people who are, are supposed to put their trust and faith in Yeshua. And for three to three and a half years, they were with Yeshua 24-7. And still they did not believe him. Going forward. Later, Yeshua appeared to the eleven as they were eating, and he what? He reproached them for their lack of trust and their spiritual insensitivity. Have you ever been guilty of spiritual ins insensitivity? I have, and I'll confess that to you going forward. And in not having believed those who had seen him after he had risen, 
Then he said to them, as you go throughout the world, proclaim the good news to all creation, that is to all people. Whoever trusts and is immersed will be what? Saved. And whoever does not trust will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who trust. Okay, going forward. In my name, not Rabbi Frank's name, but in Yeshua's name, they will what? They will drive out demons. We need to pause there. See, now God, through Yeshua, has called you to go and make Talmudims proclaim the good news. But he also said this, now I give you my name, the name of Yeshua. And so when Rav Shaul heard about all these things from the Talmudim, he knew that when he came across a demonic-possessed person, that he was simply to proclaim in Yeshua's name, I cast you out. Now, that's not just simply for, for Rav Shaul, the apostle, but that is for every believer. We are all God's disciples. We are all his Talmudim. That power and authority we have in Yeshua's name. And notice that. He puts that in a very, very tight sentence there that says this. And what are we to do? We're not to cast out our political adversaries in Yeshua's name, but we're to cast out demons in Yeshua's name. Let's continue the scripture here. And you are to you will speak with new tongues and not be injured if they handle snakes or drink poison and heal the sick by the laying of hands upon them. See, this is God's instruction for common everyday believers, disciples, going forward. So then after he had spoke to them, the Lord Yeshua was taken up into, into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they went out and proclaimed everywhere the Lord working with them and confirming the message by what? Accompanying signs. We're going to end today's message on this. Know this that you have been given the name above all names to proclaim and walk in God's power. And know this, that name was given to us, the name of Yeshua, to set captives free. Both those who are demonically captive and those who are spiritually dead so that they can come to life in Messiah. So now we as believers, the body of Messiah, the Kihilat, we're to be focusing on what? Building God's kingdom. Here's the Great Commission. You and I one day are going to have to give an answer of whether we did or did not fulfill God's commission. We are to walk in joy and knowing this, that we are to hear the Father and imitate what Yeshua did. Imitate what the apostles did. 
imitate these individuals. For God has allowed us to be born and living in such a time as this, so that we can proclaim the good news and build God's kingdom. To God the Father, through the Son, and the Ruach HaKodesh, be all glory and honor and praise. And Father, we humbly come before you at this time. Those who are assembled on this podcast, at the Zoom meeting, and those listening on the podcast, we desire to be filled yet again with the Ruach HaKodesh, the Spirit of the living God, so that we will be fully equipped and empowered to do what is pleasing in the Father's sight. To your name be all praise and glory and honor in Yeshua's name. Amen.